Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, last Sunday on Vision Sunday, I was able to outline the vision of where God is bringing us this year, and I gave you our word for the year, and so I want you to take out the sermon notes you got when you came in today, uh, because we are a note-taking church. You're four times more likely to remember it if you write it down. So I gave you the, the, uh, the word of the year. I pray for a word every year for our church, and I said the word that this is going to kind of guide our entire year is this word, and it's right there in your notes. You can write it down. It's the word health. We're going to have the year of health, and we're going to see you get the healthiest possible in your life, in your marriage, in your finances, in your physical body. It's going to be a year of health. And so I'm really excited about it. The prayer that I'm praying over your life is from 3 John 2. And it says, dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health. Say good health. I want good health in my life and that it may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. And so we mentioned last week that, that literally health in your body, health in every area of your life all starts with health in your spiritual life and, and that it'll be your best year yet if it's your best year spiritually. So we're going to start this year off by giving you some habits that I think will, be, will help you get healthy. And, and what I've realized is all of us are only as healthy as our habits. So what you need is not more New Year's resolutions. You need better habits in your life. And what I've realized with a lot of people is a lot of them have a lot of uphill hopes, but you have downhill habits. So you got to switch that around and you got to get some good habits in your life. So we're going to start a brand new series today that I'm really excited about for the next four weeks. And we're, I've titled this series, The Habits of Jesus. The Habits of Jesus. And we're going to look at the life of Jesus. And I'm going to show you four habits from the life of Jesus that set him apart. And they're habits that I believe he modeled so that you can live the life of health that God wants you to live. And there are four things. And now, I don't normally do this at the beginning of the series. I normally kind of bait you a little bit and say, come back next week, you'll learn the next habit. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to do something different because these four are all so compelling and they're so needed in your life that I'm going to give you all four of them today and then you'll come back the next few weeks and you're going to bring some friends because you're going to go, I already know what he's going to talk about and you need to be here for it. So here are the four habits of Jesus that are so countercultural and they're so necessary and they're needed more now than ever before, and they described his life this way. Number one habit is simply slow down. People don't like that one, but I know you need to write it down a little bit, slow down. Here's the second habit that Jesus had is get alone with God, get alone with God. So next week we're gonna talk about creating a rhythm of getting alone with God. The third habit that Jesus showed us and modeled in life is he was committed to community. So it's a commitment to community. And if anybody could have and probably should have done life alone and changed the world alone, it would have been Jesus, yet he chose community. So, so we're going to be challenged with a commitment to community. And number four, and this one I think will set you apart, is Jesus was spirit-led, so be spirit-led. The four habits of Jesus that we're going to talk about over the month of January to activate in your life, and I know you're writing them down, I left it completely blank there in your notes because I want you to get all of these written out is that you need to slow down, you need to learn to get alone with God, you need to commit to a community, and not just any community, the right community, and then you need to be spirit-led. Like the Holy Spirit needs to indwell and move you to where you can do the right things at all times. 
So, so we're going to say I'm not loud. I gave you enough time to write it down. So I need all of our campuses participating right now. And let's say I'm not loud. Ready? We're going to slow down, get alone with God, commit to community, and be spirit-led. Four habits of Jesus. One more time, say I'm not loud. Ready? Slow down, get alone with God, commit to community, and be spirit-led. And when we look at the life of Jesus, we all admire his life. We all want to be like Christ. But here's what I've realized, and you can write it down, is that if you want to experience the life of Jesus, then you've got to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. And Jesus did not live life the way you're living life. So he modeled for us a life where you slow down, you get along with God, you commit to community, and you're spirit-led. So we're going to examine the lifestyle of Jesus. I mean, it's to start with the one that's probably most difficult for all of us. Week one, write it down. Here's the word from God for your life today. Ready? Slow down. <laughs> Slow down. Some of you guys, you can't even enjoy the service you're in right now. Because all you're thinking about is, what's next? Where do I get to go? I- I've, got, I've got things to do. How long is this guy going to be speaking? His intro is a little long. How, how long is this going to be? We've, I've only filled in a couple different blanks in the notes. And there's front and back to this thing. Gotta get this thing moving. But Jesus lived at a different pace than the way that we live. And I wanna show you a couple scriptures that, that just shock me. And, and you gotta put yourself in this story. John chapter 11, Jesus, it talks about some of his friends, says Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Y'all remember Lazarus? Well, this is a story leading up to him dying and then being raised from the dead. And it says, so he heard that Lazarus was sick. Now, if my friends hear that I'm sick, I want like a phone call. I want like an Uber Eats gift card. I want like show up at my house, make some soup, do something for me. But look what Jesus' response was, is when he heard he was sick, he, he stayed where he was two more days. Now, you got to read the Bible slow. That's shocking to me because if I was in charge, I'd be like, hey, Jesus, you have power to heal? Great. Right now, there's an immediate need. You need to hurry and get there. And Jesus' response was, well, I'm going to chill here for a couple more days. I'm going to extend the stay a little bit. Jesus, the, Bible, the verse goes on in verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found out that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. For four days. And now Bethany was less than two miles away from Jerusalem. Now, I think it's interesting. Every verse in the Bible is there on purpose. So it tells us something interesting. It says, now Bethany was only two miles away. Now why does that matter? Because in chapter 10, guess where Jesus is at? He's in Jerusalem doing ministry. Now you don't think it was a surprise that Jesus was like, my friend is going to get sick. He's God. He knows he's going to get sick. He's two miles away from someone that needs a miracle, yet he doesn't go and heal him right away. Why? Because God's timing is always better than your timing. And some of you guys are so frustrated because you're angry that God hasn't done things the way you want him to do it. And I just want to remind you, your story's not over. Just because you haven't seen the miracle yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen in your life. Now, Now, let me say it this way. Jesus had the most important assignment on the planet, yet he was never in a hurry. So I hear the response from people, and they're like, 
But Pastor Aaron, you don't understand. If you knew what kind of job I had or what kind of people are relying on me or what kind of stuff I had to do, I've always got to be run, 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 run. I would say your job is important, but it's not as important as Jesus' job was. The people need you, but not as much as we all needed Jesus. And yet, Jesus was never in a hurry. He was never restless and anxious. And we got to get to this next place. Let me show you one more passage. This one just shocked me. Mark chapter 5 shows you the lifestyle of Jesus. One of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. Why did he fall on his feet? He pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. There's no urgency like a sick kid. Your parents, you know what it's like. That kid is sick. Yeah, you're you're gonna drop everything to be with that kid. You're gonna do anything possible to see that kid get well. And while Jesus is on his way, the Bible says a large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject for bleeding for 12 years. Now, this doesn't make sense. Why, in the midst of him going to perform a miracle, did this lady's story get brought up? And we realize this lady is an interruption in the story. She presses through the crowd and she touches the hem of Jesus' garment. And the Bible says that she was healed. And when she was healed, look what happens. It says, then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear. And she does what some women are known to do. She told him the whole truth. (laughs) It's the Bible. I didn't make that up, all right? And what is she doing? She's, Jesus, I need to tell you my story. Now we think of that and we go, oh, how beautiful it is. Jesus healed this woman. Remember the dad is still there. Remember the dad is sitting there going, hey, let's wrap this up, lady. Cliff Notes version. Let's move on. Do you not understand? My child's at home sick and, and, and you got your miracle. Why was Jesus stopped and dealing with this when there was something else to do? He said to her, he says, daughter, he said, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, your daughter is dead. And they said, why bother the teacher anymore on hearing what they said? Jesus told them, don't be afraid, just believe. Some of you guys, you're in the midst of this moment and you're frustrated because Jesus hasn't done it on the timeline you wanted him to do it on. And I just want to remind you, the miracle's not done yet. Have some faith. Don't be afraid. Just believe. And this was a lifestyle. We see this kind of lifestyle time and time again where Jesus just took his sweet time. All the time. Let me remind you, Jesus had the most important assignment on the planet. And yet, he was never in a hurry. And I think this is a challenge for us because we are all in a hurry. Uh, my wife and I, we bought an, an air fryer last year. And, and so an air fryer is up there with, you know, with uh, CrossFitters and vegans. You know, you tell them right away. You know, it's like the first thing you do in a sentence. Hey, I, we bought an air fryer. So I, I had to tell you guys for that reason. But but, but I like an air fryer because you can cook the same stuff that you would cook on a grill or somewhere else, but it gets done faster. It's awesome. I like things getting done quicker. Like, I don't want to watch a, a, a Netflix show over a season. I want to watch it in like, like a day or two, right? 
don't talk to me. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to binge this thing right now. I'm, I'm going to get it done quickly. And so, so I want to find out who are the people in here that maybe have a little bit of a problem with hurry and rush in their life. So I'll just diagnose you right now. How many would say when you go to a supermarket, you go to your local Publix or, or wherever it is, and, and, and the lines are all there for the checkout, you're evaluating the lines and seeing which, which one moves quicker so you can get to the line quicker. How many were there? All right, where are you at? All right, at all of our locations, right? All right, now, now let me just ask a question to see who the really sick people are. <laughs> How many of you guys are in the line that you picked, but you know there's somebody else that was like in another line that you almost picked, and you're watching their line while you go through your line? Can I see your hand? Let's see, because you're trying to see if you made the right choice. You're all very sick. Here's the issue. Here's the issue. And lean into this. Ready? Because we aren't healthy because we are always in a hurry. We really aren't. We're so unhealthy because we're always going and going and going. They call it, there's actually a term for it now. It's called hurry sickness. Hurry sickness. And here's what hurry sickness is. Write it down in your notes. It's a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness. So nonstop, it's I got to get there, I got to hurry, I got to move on, I got to go to the next thing. And, and you live in such a way that you're so focused on doing, 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 doing that you never really actually live. And you're missing out on all that God has for your life and you're missing out on a lifestyle like Jesus lived that can really make an impact. John Mark Comer wrote a great book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Katie and I read it. We read a book every year on our anniversary trip when we go away. And so we read that book this last year. And I was trying to like hurry through the book and I was like, okay, that doesn't make sense. So, But he says this phrase that really uh, challenged me and I think it'll challenge you. And he said, hurry and love are incompatible. Think about that. That you cannot love well and be hurrying at the exact same time. And in my life, all of my worst moments as a father, as a husband, as a pastor, as a leader, as a human being are when I'm in a hurry. When I'm, when I'm behind on my schedule, when my to-do list is overwhelmed, when I've crammed too much of my day. And when I do this, I do not love well. And I want you guys to love well. I want you guys to make an impact in the world. And I want you to look at the life of Jesus. Because if I could evaluate the life of Jesus in one phrase, this is what it would be. That Jesus was productive. He got stuff done. Because some of you guys, you're just, you're just lazy. And you're like, well, I'm just going to relax. I'm just resting today. No, get some stuff done. God's called you to make an impact in the world and get some stuff done and, 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 and make a difference and build a big business. All of that's great. But Jesus was productive, but he was never rushed. And that's a big difference between Jesus and our world today. That you can make an impact in the world today and not be rushed and hurried all the time. And I'm going to show you how to do this because I'm sure it was a temptation for Jesus also. Can you imagine the disciples? Remember the 12 that he called around them? And, and, and they, they understood how significant Jesus was. Can you imagine? They, he, he takes the bread and he breaks it. And it starts multiplying it. And the disciples are seeing this and they're like, whoa. We got to get an agent. 
Like, we got to get this guy everywhere. We got to get, listen, you got to hurry and go to Capernaum. There, there's miracles that need to be done there. There's some leaders that can be, we, we can put them on your calendar. Let's schedule it out. Let's book it out. Let's make it happen. Hey, Jesus, we need to get you a Jerusalem book signing ceremony. Let's make that happen. He's like, I haven't even wrote the book yet. What are you talking about? He, he, they could have stacked his schedule one after another after another, but Jesus showed us a model in life where you can be productive but not rushed at the same time. And so I want to challenge you this way. Ready? Every location, listen to this. Ready? If we follow an unrushed Jesus, then we should be living an unrushed life. And I want to help slow you down today. I think it's a word from God for somebody today. Just to slow down and experience all that God has for you in this season. Your goal is not to just hurry through 2022. Your goal is to get out of everything that God wants you to get out of it. Slow down, live a lifestyle like Jesus. Corey Tim Boone says it this way, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And he's tried to tempt you with sin, so here's what he does. He just tempts you with your schedule. And he's getting you either way. So here's my encouragement for Radiant. Slow down. There's somebody... I think this will be one of the most shared messages in the history of our church because I think it's the thing that everybody deals with. And so right now I'm going to talk to somebody who years into the future is listening to this message. And they were, it was sent to them. They said, hey, you need to listen to this word. It's for you. And you're listening to the message in 1.5 speed. <laughs> I, first of all, I don't know how. You can listen to Aaron Burke in 1.5 speed. Those in the audience already think they're listening to me in 1.5 speed. So, so listen, go to a normal speed. Slow down, and I want to give you some benefits of slowing down. So let me give you three things that I'm going to challenge you for, especially as you're starting this year and in your life of why you should slow down. Number one is that you need to learn to slow down to be with God. Slow down to be with God. We are so busy and so focused on doing stuff and getting stuff done, and you're building an empire, and you're missing out on the whole purpose of why God created you. That you're created for a relationship with him, but you got to learn to slow down and be with him. Let me show you it in the life of Jesus, Luke chapter 5. Yet news about him spread all the more. The ministry is thriving, it's growing, it's expanding. And what did Jesus do? So the crowds of people came to hear him, and they healed, and he healed their sickness but look what Jesus' response was to success. And I want to talk to some people that are super successful because you're going, 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 and you think your job is just to become more and more and more successful. Here's Jesus' response to success. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. The response is, when the world is busy, be still, slow down, pause your schedule, and see God in the midst of it. Be with God in the midst of this. We are in the midst of 21 days of prayer and fasting. We challenge you to wake up every day and spend time in prayer. And, and we've given you some resources on the website to do that. And, and we challenge you to show up to prayer on Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. And some of you guys did. But some of you guys, you go, Aaron, but you don't understand. I'm so busy. So let me tell you this way. Ready? If you are too busy to pray, you're too busy. You're too busy. You've got too much on your agenda if you're too busy to be with God. So let me remind you, 
Make sure you make that appointment with God every day and keep it. If you haven't started the Bible reading plan, we started that on the first of the year. You're not too late. They'll throw a QR code up right there. Ready? And that QR code will bring you to our Bible reading plan that hundreds and hundreds of Radiant Church members are doing right now. And it takes time every day for you to be with God. And you're missing out on so much that God wants you to do because you're so working on being productive, but you're so rushed and you're missing your appointment with God every day. Here's one verse that really challenges me in Psalms. It says it like this. It says, be still. Be still and know that I am God. You hear that? You know what it means? It means you're going so quick that you can't recognize God in your situation. You don't see God in your chaos right now because you're rushing through life every day. If you learn to pause, be still, know that he is God, you would see in the midst of the turmoil, oh, I see how God is in the midst of it. I see how God's in the midst of the frustration. I see, I see God. I know nobody else sees it, but I see God, how he's turning it around for the good. I know it might be frustrating, but if you just get still, you'll see God in the midst of your situation. Come on, give them better praise than that. Slow down to be with God. Number two, slow down to make a difference with people. Slow down to make a difference with people. One of the greatest leadership lessons that I ever learned from the guru of leadership, John Maxwell, he said it this way. He said, you got to learn how to walk slowly through the crowd. Now, that's tough for me. I like to, I like to just go quick. i got, I got places to go. But Jesus walked slowly through the crowd. I, I counted at least seven different places in the scripture where it says Jesus walked this place. Jesus walked. Jesus walked. You know, there's not one instance in this scripture where Jesus ran. Now, Jesus had the most important assignment on the planet. I'm going I'm to run to do the miracle. He didn't, even, he didn't even run to the cross, which was the ultimate goal and the ultimate purpose of him even being here. He never ran. He walked. Why did he walk? I think he walked because his whole ministry was not about doing things. It was about people. And your life has got to be about people. Look at this one verse. It says it like this in Mark chapter 2. As he walked, what did Jesus do? He walked. He walked. As he walked, he saw. Who did he see? He saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus. He walked up to him. Hey, man, what you doing at this booth? Oh, man, I'm a tax collector. Tell me about your dad. Well, my dad's Alpheus. And he's just going in the story with him. This is Jesus. He's got things to do, yet Jesus slowed down. But we see, what we don't recognize is that we think our success is going to be something we build instead of who we pour into. Because wow. Jesus could have let, given up that time and done other miracles that y'all would have thought that's more important. But what really was important is Jesus knew the long picture, that the long game is there's no success without a successor. So what was Jesus doing? He was pouring into people, 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 people. I think you're so busy building a business, you're missing out on the people that are in that business. You're, not, you're, you're so busy. You're, you're so busy even creating curriculum for your classroom, you're missing out on the students that are in the classroom. Walk slowly, slow down, and make a difference because Jesus was able to see him. And I wrote it down this way. You must slow down in order to see. 
And it's like, it's like vacation. You know, you're driving by and you see the little thing and you see the, 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 the landscape and the mountains and you're all excited. But eventually you have to park the car and get the, get the kids out of the van and go, hey guys, look at this. You're going to pause. You're going to look because you're not seeing the people that God's putting right in front of you to make a difference in their life because we're so busy going to the next thing, we're missing who God has right in front of us right now. Mother Teresa says it this way, ready? Never be so busy as to not think of others. And that's your phrase right there for today. You're just going, you're going, you're going, you're going. Slow down. Recognize the people that God puts right in front of you. Um, I try to make it a point when I'm not preaching. If I'm preaching, I have to like rush out of the room because I, I, if I talk between services, my voice doesn't hold up and I got to preach four times on a Sunday. I get to preach four times on a Sunday. And so um, I want to save my voice. But when I'm not preaching and our, so we have a guest speaker or something's going on, I try to you know, tour our locations and I'll sit there and just, and it's tough for me to just slow down and just like, okay. I'm just going to walk and just, hi, what's your name? It's like, tell me your story. But that's the greatest moments where I get to hear about life change and, and miracles and things that are happening. We've got to learn to slow down and recognize people. Number three, are you still with me? Say yes. yes. All right, right. You better be because you've got to slow down. Yes. <laughs> Number three, slow down to enjoy your season. Slow down, slow down and be with God you got to slow down to make a difference with people. But man, can I encourage you? Slow down and enjoy your season. Life is so fast. When I was younger, I thought it took so long. But how many know when you get older, like, it's just like, it's so quick. I'm like, every time I even write the date, I'm like trying to write like 2018. I'm like, no, it's 2022. Like, it just goes fast. And here's the tendency in our world today. The tendency in our world today is, is, Go to the next season, next season, next season. It's in our conversations. We say things like this. If you're single, it's like, when are you going to find somebody? When are you going to find somebody? You've been single for a long time. You've got to find someone. When are you going to find somebody? Are you going on a date? You're going on a date? You're going on a date? Then you go on a date, and what do they say? You get married? You get married? You get married? When are they going to propose? When are they going to propose? When are they going to propose? Then they finally propose. What do they say? When's the date? When's the date? When's the date? When's the wedding date? When's the wedding date? Someone was like, well, when are you having kids? I'm like, you missed a, missed a moment. <laughs> you're married. <laughs> it's funny. Then you get married. Everybody's so excited. You're at the wedding that they all forced you to hurry and get to. And then they get to the wedding and they go, when are you having kids? 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 Like, I'm just enjoying this season. And then you have a child. I remember people would come and visit. Like, my baby is a newborn baby. So are y'all done? Y'all having more? I don't know. Not after what we just went through. <laughs> I didn't go through anything. She went through it. Great, great, great. You're done having kids? Awesome, awesome, awesome. When are, you, when are they going to move out? When are you going to retire? When are you gonna, everything's next, 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 next. And I realize this is not how Jesus lived. It's not how Jesus lived. And, and someone with the most important assignment, yet he was never rushed. Let me show you this one verse, Matthew chapter 9. I'm almost done. It says, as Jesus reclined at the table in the house. Look at that phrase right there. What did he do? Reclined. Now, Jesus had important things to do. He had a cross to get to. 
He had miracles to perform. He had teachings to give. Yet Jesus found time to just recline and go, hey, let's hang out. Let's hang out. I think so many of you guys, listen, listen, you are so rushing towards what is next that you're missing what is now. And, and maybe the Lord just brought you to church today to just tell you to slow down. Because I don't know about you, I'm having these moments and they're a little emotional at times where I realize and go, man, my, even this season I'm in, like I loved our season, Katie and I, when we were just married and without kids and I remember, but it went so fast. And now we have five kids at home and they're nine to, to one and they're all crazy and it's all chaos and so much stuff. I'll try to get through it and go, I can't wait, man, one day they're gonna be out of the house. And I, and I have to pause to go, no, 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 this is the season I'm in, I gotta enjoy. God, give me a grace for this season, for this moment. Because one day I really think it'll happen, you know, there'll be a few years from now, Katie and I will sit around talking and go, how fun was that moment? I love our church. I love the season we're in as a church. We're launching a campus in just a couple weeks and we're growing and things are happening and, and, and we're always next, next, next. Well, when are we building another building? When are we doing? I'm just like, I'm just gonna really enjoy this Sunday. I'm just gonna have a grace for this moment that I'm in right now because I'm not promised tomorrow, but I'm gonna make the most of what today is and Jesus model a life and here's the life. Slow down and enjoy the moment that God has you in. Come on, give a better praise than that today, church, amen? So can I give you an invitation to a world that is so fast-paced and rushed and busy. Here's the invitation. It's one of my favorites in the scripture. And I think it's the one Jesus would give all of us today. And I want you to hear it as we close this out. Jesus says, come to me, all you type A, productive, get it done. But in reality, all who are weary, and burdened come to Jesus and I will give you rest rest by the way rest does not happen at a vacation so don't wait for your vacation for you to get restful because how many know you could get back from a vacation and you're equally as exhausted or even more exhausted because rest does not come from some event it comes from a person and his name is Jesus so when we come we come to him and he will give you rest he says take my yoke upon you and he says learn from me follow my lifestyle for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light his yoke radiant church is easy his burden is light let me say it one more time his yoke is easy and his burden is light so if you're striving and you're running slow down and take on an easy and a light burden from jesus come on give him better praise than that let's sing it out
everybody moving around at all of our locations, just pause for just a second. Slow down. Be still and know that he is God. Radiant, know that he's God in the midst of whatever you're going through right now. He's God in the midst of the trials you're in. He's God over the future and he's God over your present. He's in control and we can be still and know that right now. With every eye closed at every location, every head bowed, there's another group and you need to be still. You've been running, 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 doing things your own way and I want you to know, you can be still and know that God loves you. He cares for you. He's got a plan for your life. You haven't screwed up too much or gone too far for you to experience the plan that God has for you. With every eye closed, every head bowed, if that's you today and you go, Aaron, I need to... I need to get my life right with God. You know the Holy Spirit's drawing you. He's pulling on you right now to say it's time for you to surrender. It's time for you to lay your life down and follow Jesus, to live a lifestyle following Jesus. It's time for you to give up your plans, follow God's plans for your life. You can't, you can't work yourself out of the issue you're in. It's not something we achieve. It's something we receive because of what Jesus did on the cross. So if that's you, on the count of three, I want you to respond in faith. Say, today's my day of salvation. Today's my day I give in my life to Christ. And I believe God will meet you right in that seat, whatever location you're in. Ready? On the count of three, you throw the hand up in faith and say, today's my day. I'm giving my life to Jesus. One, two, three. Come on, throw those hands up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Dozens and dozens of hands here at South Tampa. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for those in Brandon. At those of the Heights and in St. Pete and North Tampa, Clearwater, Thank you for throwing that hand up. Now put it right back down. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together. Say, dear Jesus. Come on, make it a declaration. Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. Forgive my past, my present, and my future. Thank you for dying for me. I make a decision to live for you. You are my Lord and you are my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, let's celebrate lives that were just transformed all over Tampa Bay. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.